Welcome to the Big Ed Idea Podcast, a podcast for those looking to change the world through education. Each week, we bring you a new idea, however big or bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now, here's your host, my dad, Ryan Scott. Well, we are back to episode number 48 uh, feels like deja vu because once again, I've got my friend from way up north, uh, the Chicago area, Charles Williams. Um, I tell you, he was so awesome the first time that we decided to bring him back. Um, actually, no, funny story. We 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 had this awesome episode recorded, um, got all the way to the end of it. And then when I played it back, it just wasn't up to snuff. So I asked Charles and he's, you know, he's he's an awesome guy. So he um, he agreed to redo this episode and so you are getting yes you guys out there listening are getting like take number two which will be two times better than take number one um (laughs) but if you don't know who charles williams is he is a dad he is a husband he is a k-8 through principal and the founder of cw consulting he is the host of the counter narrative podcast co-host of inside the principal's office and as I said, he's from the Chicago Northwest Indiana area, but he is an equity advocate from that area um, and also a recent author. Um, and this book kicks off of that co-host of the Inside the Principal's Office, uh, kicks off of that. The name of his book is Inside the Principal's Office, A Leadership Guide to Inspire, Reflection and Growth. So without further ado, Charles, welcome back again to the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Ryan. Um, yeah, round two, twice as good. <laughs> I'm happy to be here and, and and talk education. I know when we when you asked me, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I could talk education all the time. So just happy to be back. Happy to have this conversation with you. Absolutely, man. I'm I'm really excited. You know, um, normally when you do things the second time, it's always better. Um, I can say as someone who's been married before, my second marriage is substantially better than my first one. So I'm pretty excited to get uh, you back on on the the podcast and, you know, rehash what we had talked about and uh, maybe, you know, say some stuff we didn't. So, yeah. Welcome again. Thank you. Thank you. And and you know what? In case my wife is listening, my second time (laughs) around is much better as well. So, (laughs) yeah, listen. And, you know, one of the things I pride myself on for this podcast is that it's real. Um, You know, we don't have some fancy schmancy production company. Um, You know, I'll be honest. I've asked um, I've asked people out there to, to sponsor this podcast, throw a ton of money at me, but nobody's done it yet. Um, so like I said, we are real, um, Charles and I are just two real dudes in education that have passion for what we do and we love to talk about it. And so, um, you know, without further ado, I'm just going to jump us in. Uh, one of the things that I love to talk about at the very beginning is just what's going on at our houses. Um, because, you know, I am a dad, Charles is a dad, uh, we're both husbands. So, you know, what's going on at our, at our, at our house. Um, well, for me, as we record this, um, it is fall break. Um, it is the evening. My wife, I was talking to Charles. My wife is a, um, licensed clinical social worker in an ER. And so, you know, obviously they are feeling much the same stress that educators are. And so her and her friends went out to blow out some steam tonight. And so I have the kids at home and 
So that's what I'm doing. Uh, daughters and I watched a My Little Pony uh, <laughs> video, which is, you know, pretty whatever. That's what dads do. Um, but yeah, but now I'm here. I get to talk to my buddy, Charles. So Charles, what's going on at the uh, Williams household? Yeah, so, uh, you know, tonight uh, our, our grandson is here. Uh, my wife, she actually played hooky today. And um, <laughs> so I hope her boss isn't listening. Oops. But, uh, so she uh, she played hooky, took him to the the pumpkin patch, the orchard. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, of course, was at work. So, you know, he, he loves hanging out with us. So in our house, it's it's well, not in our house, but my wife and I, we have five daughters between the two of us. Oh, right. And OK. So it's really like him and me. Like we're we're the only guys. So whenever he comes over, it's like I Guy am attached time. to. He, he calls me Pop Pop. So yeah, yeah. He's attached to my 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 hip, and so when I had to step away to come do this, he's like, "Wait, wh- where are you going? What are you doing? I'm here." Like, <laughs> yeah, I can yeah, relate. yeah. Things are good. Things are good. Hey, you know, you mentioned last time we got together that you were going to do your your hike. Yeah, is that still coming up? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I'm super, super, super stoked. I've got my all my equipment laid out um, on the kitchen table. I leave um, Friday morning, 5 a.m. I'm hoping to get on the trail. Um, my goal is to do 18 miles the first day. And over three days, I'm hoping to do 40 miles to celebrate my 40th birthday. Um, I'm just... I don't know. The older I've gotten, the more that I love challenging myself with goals. And um, I don't know. Maybe it's just part of getting old. I don't know. Hey, I mean, you, you have to do those things, right? It's like we're not getting younger. And no. at some no. point, we're going to wake up and realize what we, we can't do it. So yeah. do it now when you can. Yeah, right, right, right. Actually, um, so my first question on our two for two segment um, actually has to do with that. Um, I've switched up my questions from the last time we spoke because oh, I want to know two. Yeah, yeah. I want to know two <laughs> new things about you. Um, so the first one is, okay, so outside of education, what is something on your bucket list? Hmm. So, you know, we really like to travel. Um, my wife and I, we, we, we travel a lot. And so we just found the other, we were driving down to Savannah this summer. Uh, oh, okay. To celebrate our anniversary, and we stopped off at a at a rest stop in um, uh, right outside of Chattanooga. Um, it was a rest stop that we used to stop at all the time when I was younger on our way to Florida. So I wanted to show it to her. Um, and while we were there, there was an RV, and on the side of the RV, it had this map of the United States. And as you visit places, you could put stickers in. So it's a yeah, huge yeah, magnet. yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we bought one. It's on our fridge. And so we're just filling it up. And it's so a great idea that that. Yeah, that is one. And it doesn't count like you can't drive through or like, oh, we made a pit stop like that doesn't count. Like you have to spend the night. You have to spend time in that space in order for it to count. So, you know, we're slowly filling it up. And so that is one of our lists. Um, You know, let's hit all 50. So it's kind of interesting. You look at the map and there's like a little pocket here and a little pocket there that we just haven't done yet. So, so excited. That, that is very, very cool. Ours. Very, very cool. Yeah. Life is all about the experiences, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's nice when you have somebody who's compatible because we like yeah. to do the same. We're nerds. So we don't want to do all the touristy stuff. We want to find that weird off the path, you know, like, <laughs> and so it's great because you have somebody else who's like, yeah, 
yeah, That's right my on. jam too. So yeah. right on, right on. Okay, uh, so on my bucket list kind of relates to uh, kind of my my thing that's coming up this weekend. But I really, 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 really want to hike the Appalachian Trail. Um, I want to take six months, and I want to start in Georgia, and I want to go all the way up through Maine. Um, that's just yeah, I'm going to do it. I just a matter of uh, when can I take six months off? Obviously, you know, right now I can't because I I need the money. Um, but eventually, hopefully, hopefully I will. Um, it's when that sponsor throws all their money at you. Yes. So Bill Gates, once again, <laughs> if you are listening, uh, Elon Musk, instead of going to space, can you um, throw me some bones? Come on, please. All right. My next question, my friend, this one, um, I always chuckle when I ask this one. What was your first vehicle? My first vehicle. Um, so that was an Eagle Vision. So an Eagle Vision, I don't even know. Like, but if you saw so an I'm Eagle Vision, I'm trying to picture it. <laughs> yeah, it looks. It was a. It was in the family. I want to say, um, like a Chevy Lumina. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it was like you know, like how they have those sister companies. So the sure, Eagle sure. Vision was essentially a Chevy Lumina. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mine was yeah, a. Which was uh, nice in high school. You know, we all. What color was it? After football games. What color was it? It was a deep purple. Ooh. Yeah, it was okay. weird. I mean, it okay. was, you know, I wasn't going to be picky. I was in high school. I was like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> right, to, I don't care what it is. <laughs> right. So I got my grandma and grandpa's 88 Cutlass Sierra. It was maroon with maroon fabric interior. Um, nice. And like, here I was, this kid from the mean streets of Santa Claus, Indiana, which is actually a place. Um, if you have never Holiday been there. World. Yeah. Yeah, Holiday World. Thank you. Okay, so anybody that's <laughs> listening right now, stop what you're doing and Google Santa Claus, Indiana. Um, but here I am, this kid from the mean streets of Indiana, Santa Claus, Indiana. This was 97. Tinted my windows. Um, I think at that time, like I was I was bumping to Bone Thugs and Harmony. I thought I was something. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was me at that time. That was a, a snapshot of who I was at that time. Um, I still love the music, uh, but my car choice has gotten a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining <laughs> just driving through holiday world. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, you know, yeah. Okay. So uh, next last time we got together, we totally skipped my two questions. Did. So I'm definitely not going further without you asking me those two questions. Yeah. And so I kept them since I didn't get to ask them. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't know what they were anyway. Uh, so you know what? So very, very similar, but the the first question is, but so it's, if you weren't in education, what would be your job? Not necessarily a bucket list, but what would be the other profession that is missing out because you chose to be an educator? So before I became an educator, I was a bartender for five years. Um, and I loved, loved being a bartender. Um, not so much because of the, you know, people dancing on the tables late at night. Um, <laughs> that's not necessarily why I liked it. I just really liked connecting with people. Um, literally when I moved to the town I'm in now, I didn't know anybody. Um, my daughter was due in five weeks. I had been fired from my job. I didn't have a job. And so I landed this place and literally because of this job bartending, I met tons of people in the town. And, and, and actually because of bartending, I met a guy 
who was working at the local community college who threw a adult ed grant at me um, when I was 24, 25 and paid for the first year of community college. And that kind of got me kickstarted into education. Um, but yeah, bartending was like, I, I think, I, I really think that's, that's kind of why I love talking to people and why uh, one of my mantras is connections before content. I just, I just see the value of connection. I mean, you, you, you look at, I don't know what it's like up there, but like, there's this thing called craft banking where you go into the bank and everybody knows your name and, you know, you go to a car lot and you buy the car from somebody that you make a connection with. Um, and all the way down to the, the subatomic elements, you know, you got protons and electrons and they're connected. So at the root of everything is connections. And so bartending would, I, I think is where it would be. Nice. Nice. You know, I think on my end, um, well, I, I shared this, I think last time, you know, the idea about education, right? I, I was going to go into PR. Um, and so that, so I think that would be where I would be some big firm doing PR. And to be honest, I don't know if I would be as happy. You know, I, I think I get it. I, I think I have a skill set for it. I know how to maneuver in those spaces. But, you know, we, we talk a lot about living in our passion and our purpose. Our and purpose, right? I don't know if I would be happy or fulfilled. I get you. I um, get you. So 100. Question number two. If I gave you $1 million, not for the podcast, but $1 million, but you had the caveat that you had to give half of it away, what would you do with it and why? So, okay. So, um, there's this idea of a, I'm going to get the name wrong, but it's something like, so what I would do is build this system. So I've got this idea for a nonprofit um, of these kids that come in to high school as freshmen that really have a low, low hope coefficient is what I call it. So, you know, their, their hope factor is very low. They don't see themselves uh, progressing anything better than what they're from or whatever. But if we could tie these kids into some type of interest. So if we've got these kids and say, you know, they're interested and I'm just going to throw out something welding. Okay. Um, so as a freshman, we hook them up with this job and this guy goes ahead or girl goes ahead and lets this kid sign on the dotted line. Okay. If you get through the next four years of high school, I guarantee you, I will hire you the next day that you graduate. Then when this kid graduates, he has some type of transitional housing. And then based off of the transitional housing, you give him like, like, a, like a seed fund, like a $500 in a bank account. And then the kid, you know, somehow you, you give him some like financial educational, like he's got to go through six weeks of classes or something for financial planning. Um, but just some type of stair step these kids out of what they know into what they could have, but we continue the supports after high school. So that's what I would do with half of it. That is phenomenal. Um, that's I what like I would it. do. Yeah. So again, <laughs> Elon, like Bill, <laughs> Dolly Parton. Someone, someone. someone right? There's, right. there's enough billionaires and millionaires out there. Right, just, right. We just need a little bit, just a little bit. Hey, just, or I'll, even even those YouTube kids that my daughters obsessively watch. Um, come on, hit me up. Yeah, that is, 
you know, I, I, it's a weird thing, right? We, we always talk about an education, like we're preparing students for professions that don't exist. And there are people out there who are now millionaires off of making weird videos. And you're like, I don't even know how to prepare you. We didn't see that coming. (laughs) Not at all. We definitely didn't. All right, my friend, let's, let's, let's go down this vein of education. Now we're, we're starting to talk about this. Um, you kind of alluded to it, the PR thing. Um, so, you know, we know already those folks out there that are listening, we know a little bit that, you know, PR was a possibility. So I'm interested mm-hmm. and I think the folks are interested in how did, did Charles go from being interested in PR to now have your own consulting and now you're an author and a principal, like what happened for education to find you? Yeah. So, um, you know, when, when I graduated from college, uh, I had two job offers. One, you know, they were both PR related, um, but one was within my old school district. And, you know, I took it, you know, I, I figured, hey, that what a better way to kind of be back in a space that I was in, um, you know, kind of my very first job job. And so while I was doing PR for the district, they said, hey, you know what, we, we have this space, we, we have a need. Do you can you teach an English class? So when I was in college, I majored in communication and English. So I said, sure. Yeah, I could teach an English class. Right. And, you know, creatively, it was almost like, okay, we need you just teach a little more, teach a little more, teach a little more. And the next thing I know, I'm not doing any PR work. I'm only teaching English. I got their hooks. It was absolutely okay. Yeah, I, I fell in love with it. And so you know, I went back to school and me, I'm one of those people who are like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to be the best that I can possibly be. Amen. So, yeah. So I, I went back to school, did my transition to teaching, stayed in that program, got my first master's, uh, you know, continued working in the classroom and said, you know what? The classroom is not enough for me. I, I want to move into administration, went back to school, got a master's in educational administration. And here I am now. And, you know, it's always funny when people ask, you know, like with their, with the stars and that, like, how did, how did you get here? And I'm like, yeah, this is not my first choice. <laughs> like, wait, what? Yeah. But yeah, it's um, it, it, like you said before, right? Like, you know, education found me. I That's had right. no intention of being here today and, and here I am. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, and it's funny when you think about, so there was like, there was, there was a conversation all this started from somebody sometime just approaching you and saying, Hey, you ever thought about, and just so, so like, I like to think about what happened, what would have happened if that conversation had never taken place? Mm -hmm. You know, um, Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in God moments and God winks and, um, you know, God puts you in particular places at particular times for particular reasons. Um, you know, I say it all the time. Um, if it hadn't been for my happy accident, my uh, Madison Nicole Scott that was came around at 22. And then um, I quickly had to grow up and quickly had to find a job that was good for a dad. Um, And I honestly chose education because I knew it was good for, for fathers. And so, yeah, I, I I laugh that I chose education for the summers off and then uh, stuck around for everything else. But uh, yeah, yeah. so totally. Okay. And Ryan, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, like the other job offer was at one of the uh, the casinos in the area and okay. it was a new position that they were trying out. So I, it was six months long. 
six months meant it would end in December. December is Christmas. And I was a single dad of two daughters. And I was like, I cannot maybe have a job. Yeah. yeah. I can't. I, so I was like, no, I'm going to go with the thing that I know for sure. And it has definitely paid off in the long run. And I know in the beginning it was like, it's less money, but I know it's going to be a long job. And it has definitely paid off in the long run. Probably, so. you know, I don't know how you were at that time, but I know for me, if I had made that decision, it probably would have made the, it probably would have been the most adult decision I had made up until that moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Okay, my friend. So, uh, yeah, like we are two peas in a pod, like definitely got, um, education found us, uh, similar, similar backgrounds, similar trajectories, all of that stuff. And so I'm really interested next in, okay, so this is the big eight idea. Obviously you're here cause you want to talk about an idea, um, mm -hmm. an idea that you have to change the world of or through education. But before we can talk about the solution, we really got to talk about the problem. Um, so, okay, let's, let's digress. Let's go backwards. What is the big problem in ed that you see or one of so them? I, I, yeah. <laughs> so, so first of all, I, I want to say thank you to the listeners who are still with us after 20 minutes of like banter. So I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, yeah. Right. But I, I, I definitely want to say this is that one, there, there's a multitude of problems. Um, and if I only had to choose one, and, and the one that I've been trying to work on and target and address, you know, is this idea of the the negative percept, the deficit mindsets that we have of our students. Um, and, and I think that stems from the narratives that we tell about them, that get told about them, and that they themselves in turn tell the world as well. So there exist these negative narratives that shape our perceptions. And because it is our perceptions that shapes our beliefs, which then shapes, shapes our, uh, our behaviors and our actions. And so for me, the root of this comes from that negative narrative that seems to permeate every single space in the world of education that just says that the groups of students, right, are marginalized or disenfranchised yeah. students, that they're the problem. Right. They're the reason why we we are not where we should be as educators and, and education as a whole. It's why test scores are low. And, and to be honest, I, I'm, I'm really tired of hearing that story. Yeah. And so I think if we could address that, we will see some huge changes. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to me. We would rather have a deficit mind and and essentially blame the kids rather than blame the, and I'm going to go off on a tangent, but, and sorry if I offend anybody, but this is my show so I can say it. So we would rather blame the kids than, than blame um, the economic system or blame the lack of universal pre-K or blame the lack of actually problem solving that, that needs mm -hmm. to happen. Um, so, okay. So that being said, Deficit mind is the problem. Kind of what is your solution or your big ed idea? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's really what I'm trying to do here with the, you know, my podcast, the, the the counter narrative podcast. It's the idea to say, let's let's change that narrative, right? Let's highlight the stories. Let's talk about all the amazing things that are happening out there and really start to shape and, and, and reframe the way that 
students think about themselves, that educators are thinking about their students, that the war, you know, the, the general population is thinking about these groups of individuals. And that's only going to happen if we give space to start telling those stories, right? And, and we talk about this a lot that your story is going to be told one way or the other. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's going to be told. And so if we don't know how to capitalize on that, then somebody else is going to tell that story. And so what I'm trying to do is to create a space where we can begin to tell those stories. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to be successful. I have no idea what the outcome is going to be, but I know that I couldn't sit stand by any longer and listen to these same conversations over and over and over again and not stand up and do something. So, you know, I, I'm all about walking your talk and I talk about it a lot. So I said, hey, you know what, let's let's give a space to amplify these voices and tell the stories. That's right. So if you were to give me or give the listeners some examples of ways that we could do this, um, yeah, what can we do? You know, how can we get these voices out there? Yeah, so, you know, so for one, I mean, right, podcasts like this, right, being able right, to come right. out into spaces, um, you know, into the thousands and thousands of listeners <laughs> that, that we have, uh, you know, <laughs> Keep on dreaming. Yeah, right. Speak it into existence, right? That's right. So, you know, getting that story out there. But the reality is that I think we've learned during this pandemic that we ha all have access via social media and we all prefer some platforms other, you know, over others. I, I, I love Twitter. Um, trying to figure out Instagram. I have a TikTok. I don't know what to do with it. It's just I, I captured my name. So I can't I dance. It. <laughs> like <laughs> my, my daughter called me out on Instagram the other day because it, it's one of those things where you can do uh like ask a question and you respond right and so I thought you just send a message clearly you don't because she did a <laughs> screenshot of that and was like my dad laughing and I was like why why do you got to put me on blast yeah right um, like, I thought I was cool and then my daughter yeah, I really did I really but, did you know. <laughs> But the, but the reality is use your platforms. I mean, it, it's simple to go out and, and to share all the amazing stories that are happening within your classroom and within your school. Um, you know, whether you're posting pictures on, on you know, Pinterest or, or tweeting it out, um, you know, on Twitter or even making videos and talking about it on YouTube or in other places, utilizing your social media platforms to tell that story. It. it it's really simple. I think a lot of times we think we need these grand gestures, right? I, I need to be an edu celebrity before that's going to work, or I need to have a sponsorship from Amazon. And it's like, no, yeah. it, maybe you only have five subscribers, but you know what? Tell that story because if those five each tell a person and they each tell a person, the story is eventually going to spread. And that's exactly what happened with my school, right? I mean, my school had a horrible reputation when I took over. We were slated to be closed. If you Googled the school, like there was horrible things. And so I said, you know what? I'm not going to sit around and wait for other people to tell our story. I just started flooding the internet. Right. Here's some great pictures. Here's some events. Here's our story. And now if you Google us, it's a whole nother story. Yeah. We're no longer slated to be closed because We've created a space where people want to be because we're, there's pride now, right? There, it's like, no, this is where I want to be. And that's all it is. Just tell your story and, and, and highlight those positives. 
and we'll start to change the world. I mean, think about it. If everybody did that, our perceptions of those groups of students, and there's a lot of those groups of students, right, sure who are. fall to the side, who are marginalized, will start to change those stories. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, um, I was a good student in high school, but I really think the number one thing that I learned in high school was from my psychology teacher, uh, Mr. Alcorn. Um, he always said perception is reality. And I mm -hmm. really, really, really take that to heart. Um, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, when I was at an elementary school, we did not have the best, um, I guess, well, we didn't have the best test scores. We didn't have the best um, perception, I guess, out in the community. And so kind of like you did, like I just started flooding it with all of the amazing things that were going on in our community and in our school. And like you said, started building momentum and people started to be excited. We doubled our um, parent volunteer hours because you're exactly right. Like, like, like you said, if I don't tell our school story or if our teachers don't tell our school story, somebody out in the community that literally has zero idea what's actually going on in that school is going to tell our story. Absolutely. You know, or, or even it's, it's going to be that, that angry parent, right? I mean, think about like yeah, right. reviews, right? Like, right. what do they say? Like happy people don't write reviews and it's like, right. no, it's, it's the person who's angry, you know, starts spouting off. And it's, if that's all you see, then yeah, it's going to look horrible. So you have to counter it. Hence the counter narrative. Like let's, right. let's change, change that story. And I guarantee you, I mean, my, my, my show has been around for about a year now and the stories that I have heard from educators from across this country, it's like, yeah, no, these are the stories that need to be told, right? I, I, I've had my own and now I get to hear, right, whether it's about, you know, we start talking about like we, we last time, right, the, the, the issues within rural education. Let's start talking about like challenging the concepts there. Let's start challenging the concepts around body image and, you know, mental health and all of these different things. And it's like, yeah, let's start having those honest conversations and promoting the stories of success that, that exist. That's exactly right. I think sometimes uh, we shy away from those hard conversations. And mm -hmm. uh, when we shy away from them, kind of like you're saying, that negative connotation or that negative narrative just perpetuates. And so, yeah, like I want to see us talking about that stuff. Um, I want to see, you know, there was a time and there, there probably still is the time where in some places it's not, how do I say this? Teachers and school people aren't really, it's not a good thing to share much on social media from your classrooms, some places, because they're afraid of it. You know, they're afraid that you're going <laughs> to share something you're not supposed to and all of that, blah, 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 blah. And I get that, and, you know, and I get that. And, and there was a time where, you know, you shouldn't, add your students on social media or you shouldn't, but I'll be honest during the pandemic, that was the only way that I was able to get a hold of my students was by Facebook messenger or a lot of my parents. The only way they have a phone or able to call anybody is through Facebook mm -hmm. messenger if they have Wi-Fi. Um, and so I think we've just, we're in a different space, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you and I were just talking about the idea, like, right, about YouTubers becoming famous, right? Like, it, it's this idea that 
we exist or we operate in spaces that we are comfortable. Yep. And it's, it's not about, you know, what, what can happen, what can't happen. It's, we don't know and we're afraid. And so we create rules and parameters that make us feel comfortable. Um, because my good friend, yeah. yeah, And and Tara, who's in Pennsylvania, you know, she was like, we got to meet people where they're at. Yeah. Stop creating that parameter and say, you must operate within here. As educators, we got to say, what, where are you operating are you? and how right. can we adapt to make sure that you are fitting into that space? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Because like you said, um, it's a completely different world that our students live in um, mm-hmm. versus, you know, I, versus us. Um, there was a time maybe five years ago where I was working with our one of our local political parties and I was um, our social media director or somebody. And I gave a presentation to all these older folks in the room about social media use and the fact of the the fact that like 80% of people are connected on social media and the amount of times that people are on social media during the day and the amount of times people are on Twitter and on Facebook, which isn't that much. Um, but started talking about this is where people's reality is in social media these mm-hmm. days. And, and that's where people get our news and that's where our students are living. And so kind of like you're saying, let's provide the counter narrative of all this stuff that's being said about our students and about our schools out in the media. And let's show them what's really happening because mm-hmm. every single teacher that's listening to this podcast, um, you see the God winks every day. Like I, like I call them, you see the kid, um, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but you see the kid that comes into your classroom from an absolute horrible home life. Um, who, you know, I've seen the kids that take showers at our schools. I've seen the kids that come and get their clothes at school and their food at their school. And somehow they still are able to graduate on time or they are able to learn to read or they are able to do I'll be honest, stuff that I probably would not be able to do if I was in that same environment. So, Charles, I think what you're saying is we we need to spread joy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, joy, positivity. I mean, it, it's there's enough negativity in the world. Right. Yeah, and, and so we we just need to spread that positivity and and not just because it's a good thing to do. But again, it, it's it's time we, we viewed our students differently. And so, you know, we, like I, you mentioned earlier, I, I do this equity work and in CPS, there's a, a framework. It's a four piece framework, but one of the aspects is liberatory thinking and we cannot behave differently. We're not going to respond differently to these students. Um, and all those systemic issues that you talked about, like none of that is going to change until I sh- change the way I think about these groups of people. And that is never going to change unless I start hearing different stories about them, right? That's going to influence the way that I view these groups of people. And I mean, you never know, but once that starts to happen, then everything starts to shift. I mean, we, we've had educational reform for, for generations, <laughs> right? And I, and yeah. I always claim, Since I said, it's LBJ. not reform, it's just repackaging, right? It's yeah. renaming. It's yeah. nothing has changed because the truth is there's this attitude and belief and a mindset about these groups of people. 
And people are like, no, right? They're, they're the reason why test scores are horrible. They're the reason why our school systems are failing. So I'm going to make decisions based on that information. And when you really stop and say, wait a second, no, that's, that's not, not the it case. at all. Let me share yeah. these wonderful stories with you. And you start to say, huh, okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's yeah. simple, right? It's a really simple thing that we can all do that could have some very, very large impacts on what, what happens, how we, I mean, how we view education as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give an, give an example, a good buddy of mine, Josh Tovar. And I think, I think you're connected with Josh as well. Mm -hmm. Um, he is the principal out in Garland ISD out in Texas. And we have connected, um, because he has a lot of uh, newcomers at his school and my high school has quite a few newcomers as well. Um, and, and for anybody out there that doesn't know what I'm talking about, these are students that have been in the United States for less than five years. So they are still learning the language. Um, our high schools have connected and Josh has a, has been sending us and sending my students specifically inspirational messages. And, um, one day during our, one of our club days, um, he spoke to our, we, let's see, it's like our Hispanic students club. And, um, he just gave them this message that they should be proud of their heritage. They should be proud of who they are. They should, um, not be afraid to follow their dreams and all this stuff. And then at the end of it, I pulled this little girl aside, um, 17 year old girl, one child at home, one on the way. Um, she's a performance based student. So she comes in every once in a while to get her stuff done. And, and she said, Mr. Scott, and this was after sitting there for about two minutes, not saying anything to me. She said, um, a lot of us think that we could never, amount to anything because we were Hispanic and because we didn't speak English and because we came here, um, you know, recently he said, she said, but Mr. Tovar told us something completely different. And it was just like a boom, like this is what our kids need to hear. And I think that Charles honestly is exactly what you're saying. Kids just need to hear that. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I know we, we've been talking a lot about those who make the decisions. But as I alluded to in the beginning, it's also this, you know, when, when you hear negative stories about yourself all the time, you begin to internalize that dialogue for, and that sure. deficit for mindset sure. becomes something that you feel about yourself. And then that manifests, right? If Learned you're always that. told you're never going to be good enough, you're, you're, you're the reason, right? I'm going to believe that. And then yeah. I'm going to actually start doing those things, right? Like, why am I going to try in school if you don't believe in me, why, right? Why, why am I going to bother? And then you get to point the finger and say, see, I told you so. And it's like, no, 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 no. We, we, yeah. we kind of have that backwards. Yeah. So again, when we start telling those stories, not only are we maybe changing the mindsets of decision makers, but we're also changing the mindsets of our students. And that's the, there's the growth mindset aspect, right? And we're, we're empowering our Amen. students to say, yes. No, I believe in myself. And once you believe in yourself, I mean, right, the sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah. And and as a former coach, I uh, coached select soccer for 10, 12 years, something like that, and coached the high school level as well. Um, coaches know very much that the intrinsic motivation, um, you know, you can teach a kid the skills. You can teach a kid, you know, how to read the game. But at the end of the day, if the kid is not motivated and doesn't believe in themselves, Mm -hmm. It don't matter what you've taught them. Um, so I'm a firm believer in, in psychology before pedagogy. And, 
And so I, I would love to see our schools adopt this approach that Charles is talking about. Like, like let's feed positivity. Let's just like, let's overkill our kids with positivity and making sure that they understand like we are a, we are not a deficit minded school. Like we are quite the opposite. Um, and so Charles, before I, I think we're going to start the downhill slide to this Ooh, podcast, sure. because I think you have really said your idea very, very well. Um, for anybody out there, if you've never heard Charles on the podcast, I want you to, as soon as you're done here, click on Overthrowing Education podcast uh, with Bathsheba Frankel. Um, that's where I first heard Charles. I, huh. Charles talks a lot about in there. I'll tell you when I really, really, really decided that I liked him when he said he didn't really read his teacher's lesson plans. That's how I knew I really liked this guy. <laughs> uh, but no, Charles is the type of educator I think we need out there. Uh, he's real. He's honest. I think he's for the underdog. And um, Charles, thank you very, very much for dropping some knowledge this evening. Ryan, as always, the, you know, thank you for giving me a space, right? We're, we're talking about amplifying voice, and that's exactly what you're doing. So I, I want to say thank you for allowing me to do so. Yeah. So before, um, I guess before we end this thing, I want you to talk about, I, I know you've li- you've talked about your podcast a little bit. But tell us again uh, where our folks can find you, what you talk about, and then if you will, um, talk about this book. Yeah. Um, so th- so they can find me in, in a few different places. So there is the podcast, the Counter Narrative Podcast. Uh, episodes drop every Friday. Um, and like I said, right, I, I interview educators from all over, and we're just really trying to kind of duality of promote stories of positivity while also pushing back the the myths and out there about education and just saying no this is the reality yeah, and right. this is how we right. challenge it this is how we fix it um so i think um the last episode came out was chuck chuck moss um so oh, yeah you know, yeah check that out uh and jillian jillian dubois she's up next mm-hmm. um so you know some some amazing educators from all over the place um as well as and we kind of again we 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 do some of this work on inside the principal's office. So that is a a show on Saturdays. It's every, uh, the first and third Saturdays of the month. And again, we're, we're creating safe spaces for educational leaders. And even though it's called inside the principal's office, it's for (laughs) educational leaders. So, I mean, a teacher is a leader. Yeah. Right. Um, and just creating a safe space where we can come and have honest conversations about issues in education and, what are we doing to resolve them? How, what are some ideas that are out there? And so what's really amazing is I connect with my co-host, Michael McWilliams, also out of Texas, down in Denton. Um, and we connect with leaders from all over the world. So people here in the States, but also we've connected with Colombia, um, England, uh, Saudi Arabia. I mean, just all oh, cool. over the place. And it's really nice to be able to hear the voices of educators from other parts of the world. And we're talking about the same things, right? Yeah, because right. At the end of the day, we are we are educating our students, and um, it is through that uh, we actually authored our first book. So Mike and I, um, and a, a gentleman named Rob Thornell, we sat down and we pumped out a book. Um, it's forty weeks. It's it's all about reflection. It's an easy read. Um, it's designed. You can either read the whole thing or or read one week at a time, and not only 
did we want to give you something to read? There's places to reflect. Um, so, you know, there, I'll be checking that about, out. yeah, servant leadership and, um, you know, authentic leadership and telling your story much as like we're talking about today. Um, so you can find that on Amazon or if you want a signed copy, just connect with me and I'll, I'll send one out <laughs> your way. Um, yeah, but the book's about a month old. Uh, so it's brand new and, uh, That's exciting. yeah, it's just, it, 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 it's exciting to be able to have all these different avenues to tell our story and to do this work. And it, you know, it's very similar just in, just in different spaces. So, um, and, and of course, Twitter. So if you ever want to connect with me, I would love to connect, um, whether it's being a thought partner or, or, or providing some insight and support, whatever it may be. If it's about education, connect with me. I would love to connect with you. Thanks, man. Very much. Um, so Charles, as we start to, uh, as we end this once again thank you very much um i will you know i will go on record by saying our second take i think was absolutely better than the first um i don't know maybe just because we know each other a little bit better um but very very (laughs) good um i i sincerely appreciate you i appreciate your words um i appreciate that you are standing up for the kids that i love the most um I always love the kid that I've heard from other teachers. Oh, they're not going to amount to anything. Or I've heard Mm -hmm. other teachers say, you know, talk about their behavior last year or, you know, talk about where they're going to be in five years. And I love it, love it, love it when those kids prove everybody wrong. So thank you for standing up for those kids. Um, We need more people like you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. And and I'm going to challenge your, your, your listeners to, to go out and tell your story. I mean, jump on Twitter, jump on your spaces, you know, and, and tag, tag me and Ryan. So we know That's that right. you're telling your story. That's um, right. I would love to hear them. But again, that is my challenge to you. Go tell your story. And thank you again, Ryan, for having me in this space. You got it, man. And so with that, I'm going to end us with a quote on dreaming Do not dream your life, live your dreams. And so with that, I'm going to end us with something my grandpa Janoski said to me every single day that I left his house, and that is, I will see you in funny paper. Thank you for hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion, and together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.